Last episode, we talked about how I played Big Brother. Here is now my little brother, Nicholas Dravazi. I was confused. I was like, do we have Ryan Do on here? <laughs> I didn't funny. know where you were going with that. That'd be funny. No, I think Except- he is... He, I think he has some homework tonight. I should have done that. That would have been funny. Just like, hello, and then he like X him out. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. I, I was going to say we could have a conversation with or him. Or we could interview we can, with him. We can, interview X, him. we can X him out, too. We can X he him just out, followed, too. He just followed the show. Oh. Does that mean he started listening? No. That's okay. Jordan <laughs> doesn't either. I was going to say, does Jordan listen? She's been on it. Yeah. Sibling rivalry. Look at this. This ties in super well to what we're going to talk about today. It's kind of though. It's kind of the bad sibling rivalry though, because if she doesn't listen to it, my brother doesn't listen. It's like who's the worst sibling? <laughs> like, well, well, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more about Harry and and Billiam, if you will. Billiam. Um, yes, we'll get into that. Yes. I will say though, my other sibling, just literally minutes before coming on here, told me that she's been when she's been doing her homework in her room, she's been getting just staring at a screen a lot, just getting like motion sickness or whatever i don't know something where she just has to close her eyes and just take a break you know we all need that and yes she said the only thing that she that can bring her calm is listening to our bullshit so (laughs) so she's making her way through the episodes actually she's like oh my gosh i'm so far behind but then referred to hope is a confident expectation i go you're only two episodes three episodes behind you're not that far behind so when she needs a screen break she'll throw her airpods in lay in bed close her eyes and she's like oh my roommates think i'm sleeping no i'm just listening to you and nick so (laughs) i love that i love that ashley we love you and thank you for helping us with tiktok and yes i was gonna say we should shout her out there she's kind of our tiktok consultant Mm -hmm. if you will and we will but yeah so i just thought that was funny both two of our siblings don't listen to it and then (laughs) the third one we somehow calm her down. I feel like we just provide more anxiety for people. I don't know. Maybe not. Just how we talk. Yeah. <laughs> Full of energy and just craziness. Definitely our elders, for sure. Our, our <laughs> we we bring anxiety upon our elders. Yeah, with this show. With this show. <laughs> this is true. All right. you it's so nice to see you it's lovely to see you as well i am very excited for this episode i've recently been thinking about the halftime show rihanna's big and especially since the grammy super bowl halftime show yes yes something like that not just the life halftime show (laughs) yeah no when someone turns like 50 they just put on a show yeah i'm turning 25 soon my quarter time show uh but anyways no i've been really excited because rihanna like this is like her big return to music and i was trying to i love set lists as i've said before on the show so i've really been trying to predict like what she's gonna do and i've been thinking about it it's she's very interesting where she has so many hits but she doesn't have a ton and please don't cancel me for this when i say she doesn't have a lot of like signature songs the only thing i mean by that is she 
doesn't have it's very hard to predict what she's gonna sing because she's had so many big songs and she has of course umbrella that's like her signature song and she has i i have a list of what i think she's gonna do i told you last night when we were kind of brainstorming what because you brought this idea of predicting her her set list i feel like umbrella and disturbia are her her big songs i mean she went through i, I doubt i don't know if she'll do s and m that was such a big show. song I don't right, know. Is like, she allowed to? Who's hosting it? Fox? I feel like Fox Apple Music. Oh, oh, yeah. I well, Apple Music, it's Fox probably like it. the Super Bowl halftime show by Apple Music, but the Super is. Bowl is on Fox this year. It rotates between the networks. Right. And her most recent song for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, was more of a ballad. So maybe she'll yeah, start but- with that. I still, yeah, she could start with that. She could end with it. It could be like the second to last song. I do think that she probably will sing that just given that she can do so much with it. It can be a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. It can be a, um, it is just her newest song. So it's, you know, great promotion. The Super Bowl is like the most, not like, it's the most watched concert in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, the halftime show. I keep saying the Super Bowl. Um, so she could do that. She could do, um, a... She could make a political statement with it. Um, she can do something in honor of Black Lives. It, she could do so many. Th- I think she will sing that. And there are people predicting that she's going to drop an album after this and announce a tour. And if she does that, I don't know. Will we hear like a new song, even newer than Lift Me Up? I don't know. But my I prediction. I think it'd be bold. I just, sorry. I think it would be bold if she did a song that people didn't know at the Super Bowl. I mean, Beyonce did it with Formation back at when she was a guest. That song wasn't released? No. Really? really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. But yeah, I don't it, know. It, I can she... see her. I can see, sorry, I can see the way I'm picturing it, and really I'm picturing it for the first time. I just knew those two songs that I felt like she was definitely going to do. I feel like it's going to start on a lower note, not like not in terms so of too. quality, but like, and then rise. And I don't yes. imagine, because I can see her doing, I forget even the title of her, what's the latest song, the... Black Panther work. Oh, oh, lift me up. Lift me up. Yes. Yeah. I feel like she's going to do lift me up and she'll be like sitting somewhere. I don't know. Katy Perry came out on a tiger. Maybe she'll be sitting on a Black Panther. And Mm, maybe (laughs) the knowledge of Super Bowl halftime shows that I have is I'm shocked myself. I don't understand. Yeah. But um, I feel like it'll start there and then it'll just the energy will, will rise and then it won't fall again. This is, do you want to hear my, like, prediction? This is my C, yes. my, I'll call this, like, a B minus C plus level prediction, because I didn't put that much time into it. Okay. I could see her doing a single line of Run This Town at the beginning, which is with Jay-Z. Um, I don't think he'll be there. Only the Girl opening. in the World is a good one, too, I just realized. I she could, that's that. what I'm saying, though. But, like, is it her, mm. like, she only has 12 to 15 minutes. Um, But I, th- I could see her doing SNL. I think it's going to go. This is just, again, I'm kind of embarrassed by this prediction because it's like I didn't put that much time into it. But I can see like a I can see like a run this town one liner going into like work and SNM followed by Rude Boy because that's a big mm, one of her yeah. big songs. I could see a lot of people like, oh, she has to do Ponder Replay. She doesn't like that song. Like she said it multiple times. She hasn't sang that song in years, but I could see her maybe like doing Please Don't Stop the Music. And by doing that, I mean just like maybe like, you know, the Michael Jackson uh uh sample in that like maybe getting her from an a st- stage to a b stage and then maybe have umbrella um with 
uh, Jay-Z. I'm curious to see who her guest is going to be. Because she could do, like, she could have Drake, but they dated. It's kind of awkward for them now. Do you think she'd she could bring have... on ASAP? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Her her <laughs> be, her boyfriend ASAP. She's not bringing on Kanye, and she shouldn't. Um, But I could see, like, Umbrella being a big thing, and then kind of, like, a calm lift me up going into Diamonds. And then I could see her closing with We Found Love, honestly. Because it's a very, like, upbeat yeah, I was wondering if she, if because I was thinking her collabs with Calvin Harris. I think there are two that, too. that she has. That, well, Isn't she we has found the, love with Calvin Harris? Yes, yes, yeah. it, and also um oh my gosh the one that Taylor Swift is featured on even though she's not credited for it she's credited as someone else. Did she help um, write it? I think so, but she's like does the the mm, mm, mm. that's Taylor Swift. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you ever knew that. Um, oh. But, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, but she has. She could do anything, and then we can stop talking about this. But she could do like you know six <laughs> songs because when when we say six songs, it's a the whole thing is a medley. Um, but she could right. also do like we saw J Lo and Shakira both perform, and they each did about four or five. So she could do up to like ten songs. Right. You know, it really, I'm curious to see. But that is my definitive uh, prediction. I don't think she's going to do Disturbia just because she hasn't done it in years. I know it's the Super Bowl, but I'm not. But I would love to. I love that song. I would love to see her do that. <laughs> It's also going to be really funny because we're recording this the week before the Super Bowl, but it's going to come out two weeks after the Super Bowl. So we're going to be like, oh, well, that's by design. That's fools. why I wanted. Oh, to... it's totally by design. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But let's but see I... if we can predict anything. But yeah, but yeah, it, you know, I don't know. We know how Rihanna is. How are you? It's good. I just one last thing. on it's Rihanna. Good. Should okay. we post with this? Uh... <laughs> Should we post the photo of me with her? As the uh, oh my god yes you should have asked uh, you should have asked, <laughs> asked her I should have asked you her you saw her years later I think <laughs> you saw her during the loud era because she had hair red was, hair her hair was red and it was short okay so that was like in between the rated R era and the loud era because her she had the pixie cut for the rated R era and then the loud era was red um, are these her albums yeah rated R and Rated R and then Loud were like, okay. yeah, that was in between 2009 and 2011. That was like the period in between, which would I make sense, right? When did you? Yeah, yeah, that tracks like 2010, maybe. Yeah, that would because exactly. I had wow. my first phone. I had. So I'll, give, I'll give some background on this. So I also I'm good. Anyway, I know I asked you how you are, and you're like, let me just talk about Rihanna. Let me Guys, just talk Justin, about Rihanna. Justin met Rihanna. <laughs> I met Rihanna. Also, do you guys know her name's Rihanna? Not Rihanna. It is. It We've is, all been yes. saying it wrong. It's actually Robin. It's yeah, actually Robin, it Robin. But <laughs> tell this story, please, because it's so interesting. And I love that you were trying to be slick and it just didn't work out for you. So I met Rihanna at all at the strange place called Fenway Park. Like, why would she be at a baseball game? Well, she was dating an L.A. Dodger at the time, I believe, named Matt Kemp. And hey. so she and they were playing the Dodgers. And so she was there. I don't know why she sat behind my family, but she was sitting directly behind me at a Red Sox game. And so I was like, oh, my God, it's Rihanna. This is like 10 year old me, nine year old me. I don't know. Between nine and 11 years old, Justin, who had just gotten his first phone a few weeks prior. And now everyone remember. Phones didn't always have cameras, never mind selfie cameras. So my phone only had this really just crappy phone or crappy camera on the back of it. And I was like, okay, 
I want to take her picture, but at the same time, I don't want to bother her. You know, like there could be annoying fans if you're a celebrity. You're just like, oh my God, can we get a picture? Can we get a signature? Whatever. I don't, I don't want to be that person. I've never really wanted to be that person. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to pretend that I'm texting on my phone. And, but that's dumb, right? Because the camera, she's sitting behind me. The camera is only on the backside of my phone. So I was holding my phone upside down pretending that I was texting and slowly raising it above my shoulder to try and get the camera to see her and then take a photo. So anyway, Nick is going to post the photo that resulted and she totally caught me. She's looking over my shoulder with a little grin. You can see my, the half of my face, which I don't know if my lips were chapped or something, but it looks like I'm wearing like lip gloss or lipstick picture <laughs> too. It's a little side thing. And so then I, t- I take the picture, I look at it, and I see that she's looking right at me. My, my face goes bright red out of embarrassment. I was mortified, mortified. I was like, oh, my God, she caught me. I look like such a doofus because my I'm like holding my phone backwards. And I'm like, ha, 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 and let me try and be so slick. And she just totally, totally got me. And it's the most hilarious photo ever. Anyway, my mom ended up getting caught on national television talking with her later later on in the game because she was i don't know rihanna was being social or whatnot and (laughs) she called to my mom she said your kids are angels so rihanna called me an angel her boyfriend ended up hitting a foul ball that came our way and so we caught it and then she signed it so we have that that's incredible it's a great it's a really anyway good luck at the super bowl that already happened but yeah (laughs) it's a great Uh, it's a cool story Lady Gaga just knows I'm mentally ill and went to the hospital. Like, that's all. You, <laughs> that's what you, you talked know? about the one time you met yeah, her? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyways, that's it's such a, a cool story. story. I love that story. It's a great story. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I got the opportunity to, to talk about it. But talk about something that is a more serious topic than the last couple that we've had uh bum, last bum, couple bum. episodes of of this year yes and i think it'll be a good conversation you already know as our listener that nick tends to be the more humorous one and i'm the one that draws the you know suffocate not suffocates yeah H. i suffocate on the show that you know takes the air out of the room with my serious topics and uh, hey did you hear this in the news but anyway it's not one of those but it's a more serious topic. Are you ready, Nick? I don't know. You said you were excited for this episode, so... I am. I have my notes. Look at my notes. They're in pink because it's February. I love that. Oh, you and your colors and your months. I my colors story. and my months. Your colors and your months. So, I guess what made me think about this was... Well, I'll let you share what you experienced recently. But something that Nick shared with me that made me kind of think about... Uh, the topic of, of loss and the topic of grief. And I feel like there are lots of different ways that we can grieve. And there's lots of things that we can grieve about. It can be about a, a loss. Uh, typically, it is about a loss. But it made me think about why we started this show in the first place. We started about it, uh, started it in, we're still in a pandemic, but really kind of the height of the pandemic. We had just graduated. And 
there's been I guess I've been through kind of a, a delayed processing of of grief of what the pandemic has taken from my life and I would say that anybody who's listening to this whether you know it or not and whether it was um, a loss by losing a loved one or losing someone you care about by by death or if it's a loss that you experienced because we had to shelter in place and socially distance for so long while you know doctors and and scientists kind of figured out what to do with this this virus that was spreading worldwide i just wanted to have a discussion about that because i i think i don't think we ever really have done that so the first type of loss that i want to talk about and the first type of grief that i want to talk about is the way i'm phrasing it i don't know if it's correct but i'm calling it losing a dream and the reason that i'm calling it that is essentially losing the way of life or losing a plan that you had for yourself going long term or even short term because of an event that happened and in this case i'm going to i'm talking about covid and how this is how i thought the latter half of my college career was going to be and just in terms of like everything that comes with going to college but then also kind of like developmentally like things that i wanted to try and do you understand nick am i making any sense like when i say yes. like losing a dream just kind of like using that terminology Yes, and the way I hear it, too, because dreams are very, like, when you hear the word dreams, I think, like, some big thing. And it might not necessarily even be a dream. Maybe it was for you, but, like, also just, like, a plan and yeah. a vision that you had for your life. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of what I was getting at, but I couldn't, I wasn't good with words, I guess, when I was thinking about this episode. But that's what I'm just going to call it, is losing a dream, losing a plan. When I was talking to you earlier, while we were planning the episode, I used the Thomas Rhett lyric you know you make your plans and you hear god laughing that's essentially the idea that i'm thinking about so for me i think the the dream the plan that i was i lost was the second half of college and i know you lost your senior spring right that was march 2020 yes, yes. okay i'm curious like when we went home march of 2020 and mind you they said two weeks, they said till Easter, and then we went home. And you and really, we, you never your grade never went back to school. So like, mm -hmm. what was that like? And when you think of that time, do you feel like you lost out on anything? I honestly don't. Okay, I, I know a lot of people in my grade do feel that way. But just in my experience, spring or fall 2019 so the first half of my senior year was one of the best semesters if not my favorite semester that I had ever had so I really you know and then I got this unique experience of going to Florida with with Rachel and Elizabeth who were on episode 14 so I I I got a very unique experience I you know, was really, really, really struggling mentally spring 2020, and it had nothing to do with COVID. This happened before COVID was even um, mainstream in America. Um, but I was struggling before we even went home. So I don't, I didn't feel like I had lost something uh, per se, but I can relate to what you're saying in other ways, not sure. necessarily the school, the school aspect of it. Sure. I got like my senior, 
granted I didn't get all of them, like the senior 50s, which is 50 days until graduation where there's a party and there's a theme and you dress up. Like I had two 50s and I had 150s or whatever. Or 100 or something like that, yeah. 100, something like that, yeah. And it was fun and I I really, I don't think that, had we stayed, I I was really struggling. I really went quickly from being so, so good, you know, uh, fall 2019 to so so bad spring 2020 before the pandemic that I don't think I would have enjoyed it anyways sure but that's my yeah. experience and I can I do you want to talk first about your school experience and losing that or do you want me to say how I can relate to your example you know what? why don't you talk first okay no no I think it's interesting because people you graduated in 2020 and I think yes. people from your grade a lot of what they grieve from the pandemic is not having a ceremony that year. Mm-hmm. And and some schools didn't have a ceremony at all. Loyola, it was your you you walked the same day that I graduated. Um, right. So so Loyola students specifically got to at least experience it if they wanted to. And, and from what I understand, I think a lot of your grade did come back to do that. Yes. And, and it was I nice. Like, it was a reunion. It, it was right. it was very nice. I liked it a, a year lot. later. You got to see each other. Well, so that connects yeah. with the other thing I was going to say is I feel like the other thing that your grade grieves or or feels like they lost out on is they didn't get to really have that closure of saying bye because that, we got yes. back from spring break and then two days later we're told to leave yes. by the end of that week and it, again we were told two weeks we were told Easter and then we'd be coming back and then if you didn't if if People just didn't get that closure of saying bye to people or saying bye to places or, say, you know, those types of things. And I feel like that's what your grade feels like they lost. Yes. And to build off of that, I guess if you if I were to say that I would that I lost something there, I lost the transition of going from being a student to then being in the mm. real world, I guess. That was what I felt like. I just didn't feel like I closed that chapter. Yeah. That was that was how I felt. Yeah. Again, I feel like that's touching on closure. And yes, and, exactly. It is. I said closed. Right. And and you and you finished that semester doing work remotely yes. or on computers. Because it's not like it's not like your grade just stopped doing work. Like you had to right. finish out the semester. Yeah, we stopped we all doing did, work. We, we stopped. St- work. <laughs> we Let's be stopped. honest. We did. Let's we all honest. stopped doing work. The GPA just really inflated that semester. Yeah. <laughs> we started taking quizzes together, you know. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. by together, me, Rachel, and our, you know, favorite 20 people from the internet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the Quizlets. The Quizlets, you know. No one, no one, nothing mattered anymore. Like, literally nothing mattered. Yes. And, and and then transitioning into at least my experience, I feel like my grade lost our senior year. Like yes, we for sure. we left junior spring right after right after being uh spring break. And a lot of people in my grade lost being abroad because I stu- <laughs> yeah. luckily studied abroad in the fall before it all happened. And then people who were abroad in the spring had to come back. And so a lot of people lost that and the grade below me lost being able to go abroad at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think everyone, like I said, everyone listening to this episode, whether you're, you know, nine or 99 can really think about what the, the pandemic, those, these last three years of our lives, like how impactful they are. And I think in a way we're all kind of sharing that grief of like what we lost. And you were talking about senior 200, senior 250s, which is again, a Loyola kind of specific event for seniors. 
where you kind of gather as a class and the school kind of throws a party and, you know, everyone's legal. So you get to drink and stuff. And it's kind of a fun thing. I We didn't get that. And so it's funny because even just this past weekend, I was talking to someone and they were like, oh, who's a senior currently? And they're like, oh, we're going to have senior 100s or senior 200s or whatever, however many days are left until they until commencement. And I had like a sinking feeling in my stomach because I was like, oh, they get to have that again. And I, I didn't get to. And it's weird because it's a delayed feeling. I'm like, it's been two years since I was a senior. Why am I still feeling that way? But it gets, to, I think it gets to a point of, of grief can be delayed and it can be, it's like a process to kind of like deal with. Yeah. And I like what you're saying. It is really a loss because my, the way I relate to you there is I think about like a first relationship. And as I've shared on this show, I've never been in a relationship, but I feel like that's a very special thing, right? Like you're like high school relationship, you're like you know, early college relationship. And for a lot of queer people, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen for me. And granted, like, I don't know about you, but if in your experience, I don't know if you'd necessarily want to go back now, maybe reverse time, but like as a 20, you're, you know, like we're in our early 20, I guess I'm in my mid twenties now. Don't tell anyone. You wouldn't want to necessarily go back as the person you are now. Like I wouldn't, like, I'm in a different space in my life now, whereas, like, I want a relationship, you like, you know, a relationship in your 20s is different from a relationship, I feel like, your first relationship, which is, you know, oftentimes in high school, or just getting to experience that, you know, that newness, that, like, first love, yeah. I guess, and I had, you know, somebody that I fell in love with, but it didn't work out, and I feel like I really missed out there, because, like I said, I wouldn't go back I'm in a different spot in my life you know what I mean yeah. like I wouldn't want to go back as a 25 first of all that's creepy second of yeah. all you know <laughs> but you know what I mean like so I mourn that that I never got that experience and granted I don't want it now but I'm still sad that I never got it and I know that I'll yeah. still have a first relationship but it's you know it's going to be different and it's going to be great there are like when you're in your 20s and 30s or whatever they're i feel like they're more serious in terms of relationships i mean sure but that is something that i do think about it and like i see other people getting it's like oh like they got that experience that's not something i got to have but that's okay you're touching on to grief is like a catch-all phrase for a lot of different emotions right yes because it could be anger it could be sadness and you know let's let's pivot into that a little bit like when I think about what I lost my latter half of senior year because of the pandemic, it's a lot of anger. And yeah, it's like, I, these people get to experience it. Why didn't I, I'm so frustrated. And like I said, I don't want to go back if I could reverse time, maybe, but I don't want to go back as now a 23 year old who right like going to senior 200s, but at the same <laughs> right, time, I exactly. didn't get that experience of, of, I want to do that. It's, it's frustrating. I don't hold resentment for those who got to do that but at the same time i'm mad that i didn't get the experience when it was my time and i think that's what a lot of people experience that like i said whether you're nine or 99 we we're three years older than we were when this thing started i know part of me feels like i fell asleep at 22 and woke up at 25 like honest to god i'm turning 25 in like less than a month right that's wild so and so it's like mourning the time that we lost pivoting into uh, you know, that's more kind of the, the anger that I feel, but pivoting into like sadness, the typical mm-hmm. type of grief that you, that when you hear the word grieve, 
it's kind of what you touched on. It's like loss of a relationship or loss of someone, you know, who might've passed away. And so that type of grief I find is also angering. But for me in my experience, when I lost my grandmother, I think we talked a little bit about this in a few, in previous episodes, but when you lose a loved one, that's like sadness and it can be anger, but I mostly feel sadness when that happens because It's just feeling like, and that can relate to losing a dream because you might think, oh, I I was going to, you know, my grandmother was going to attend my wedding or my grandmother was going to attend my high school graduation and she never got to. And so that can relate to it. But I think that contributes to my sadness, like losing someone by, because they passed away. Right. My grandmother was going to be the hundredth stream on this episode of Point of Do. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if my grandmother would have been able to figure out how to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) I I never thought about that, but my Nana who has passed away, well, all four of my grandparents have passed away, but my Nana absolutely would have listened. She wouldn't have known how either, but she would have called one of us, like one of her grandkids to Try to to dial up the show. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No, but I honestly, that's, I'm glad you mentioned death because- that's something that I struggle with how I process it. That's going to sound weird, but I'll I'll explain. I feel as if I handle it pretty well. And there are times sure. when I'm like, oh my God, do I handle this too well? I've had this conversation with Tom, who's been on the show before and was mentioned in last episode for Big Brother. I take, it doesn't hit, it used to when I was younger. Like there was a point when my Nana died, my first like grand parent that died on my dad's side I was you know sobbing I was in fourth grade and then my her husband my papa died on my dad's side and I was in eighth grade and I was like don't cry don't cry like you have to because I not that it was embarrassing because everybody else was crying but I was like don't cry like it's awkward whatever so I kind of forced it in and then it got to the point where it's like, okay, well, why are you crying? Like, why did you, did I numb myself too much? Is it the, is it the Zoloft? Is it whatever? But I take <laughs> a lot of, like my Nana on my mom's side is, who is passed, is the closest person to me who has passed away. And right. I was very close with her. Um, but I remember, her, like, I am a, I don't know why, but I've always just like had a strong belief in heaven and the afterlife. And mm-hmm. I feel her with me. Like I just, if I have a guardian angel, that is her. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't know. I just take like, yes, of course I miss her and I miss the conversations, but I feel her and I don't know how to explain it. Sure. But I do. So I don't look at it with much sadness. I I see it as more like... Like, I just, I feel her with me. I know that sounds crazy, but it's as if she, it's a different type of relationship. We obviously can't, like, speak in the physical sense, you know? But I just, I feel her with me. And it's interesting because my mom, even when my Nana was alive, used to see her parents' phone number, the last four digits of her phone number, 1672, everywhere. Like, license plates, everywhere. I now see that everywhere. And I'm not looking for it. I swear to God, I'm not looking for it. I also see 143, which is like the numeric I love you symbol. I see it all the time. And I real it's often when I'm struggling. And I just, I don't know. I just feel, and you know, some people believe in this stuff. Some people don't. You don't have to. I don't know if I fully believe in it, to be honest. But just like, often You feel comforted by it, though. Comforted. And it's just like, even if it's not like a signal from, you know, the person, it's... 
it's a reminder of them and that yeah. keeps their, their memory alive. Like a lot of times, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but when I've done ERP, which is, you know, uh, the gold standard for OCD treatment, we've talked about it before on this show, I will see one, four, three after. And I know too, like that's a dicey thing because people with OCD, a lot, a lot of people with OCD will, not a lot, but a sub theme is like, oh, if I see like six, 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 that means like the devil's there. But like, if I see this number, it's good. Like, I'm not looking at it that way. It's just like a nice little comfort. I'm not looking for it to be like, oh, okay. Like this, this means I'm okay. Like I'm not looking at it like that. It's just, it's a nice memory. I see it a lot. Like it, even like I was telling my mom about it one time. And then the next day I was driving my car and I was like, all right, I have to fill up my tank. I, or get gas, whatever. I got gas and it was like 143 miles left. Like it was just, yeah. you know, I see it all the time. When you're, yeah, and you're not looking for it. I'm yeah. not looking for it. I saw it today. I, I saw it today when I was ruminating about something yeah. that was bothering me. Yeah. I, If you don't mind, I just wanted to bring up, because I mentioned it in the beginning, you unfortunately recently lost your dog, your family, yes. family dog. Yes, and Abby. that's something that I... I have yet to experience my, my, my dog that I got when I was eight years old is the only dog that I've had. And, and she's up there. She's turning 15, I think this year. Aging so, legend. Age, <laughs> yeah. Abby was she's, just shy of 17. So yeah. So wonderful. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> in terms of, in terms of my, my dog when she's get as she's getting up there, but yes, that's that. I just wanted to mention that because that's something that, uh, a type of loss that you experienced pretty recently. And mm you said like being feeling numb to mm. to it and i kind of wanted to bring up the five stages of grief here i don't know if you're mm. familiar but the stages are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance mm. and i feel like denial is part of that like not that you were in denial when you said you kind of felt numb or maybe you were already in acceptance and you know i i i'm not an expert here and i'm pretty sure you go through them in that order Again, denial, right. anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. But I feel like a lot of those stages I felt when I lost my grandmother as well. And even even like when I going back to like losing a dream, like that piece, too. Yeah, I was in I will say it was so much harder. I was dreading her passing away just because, you know, I grew up, I got her when I was in second grade. Abby, in referring to your Abby? Yes, yeah. yes. She mm -hmm. was born in 2006 and we had another dog with her too, like Callie, who was two, um, two years younger. She died when she was 11, but I was dreading it. But it was so much harder when she was alive and, and not doing well than when she had finally passed because I was like, okay, now she's at peace. You know, I remember her through her personalities and I, or, or her personality make it sound like she has more than one like they were they were such characters like abby was so sweet and regal and patient and very skittish but like she was she loved people and she was just very like patient what i mean by regal is like she rarely gave kisses like it was like a luxury when she'd kiss you but callie was like an indulgent like she used to break into abby's crate like abby would be in the crate with it locked callie knew how to unlock the crate with her paw open the door, let Abby out, 
and eat Abby's food. She was a very indulgent, but like she was overweight because she just ate Abby's food and then would eat her own. And she knew to eat Abby's first because it looked like Abby ate. Like she really was very intelligent. Abby was yeah. not. But just remembering them through those personalities. Like Abby was so athletic. She'd like dart and gallop around the backyard. Kelly would have to cut through the backyard to catch her. And you'd hear her like trot through the puddles because like yeah. she she was not, you know, very athletic. And, you know, she was a lot heavier than she should have been as a shih tzu poodle you yeah. know a very small dog wait your callie was a shih tzu poodle yeah I, we've you talked about that. this we have yeah that's the same yeah. breed that jazzy is yes yes why don't i remember um, this okay wow yeah okay. no we've talked about this but that's okay <laughs> that's okay but no it was so much and i was in denial not in denial but like come on abby you have to eat like we'd give her steak towards the end because she she always loved human food that was not she loved the sun yeah. like basking in the sun she loved rides and she loved human food like she loved beef so it's like you, like we were giving her human food towards the end because she wouldn't eat her dog food and i was like oh she'll eat when she she was always a very finicky eater but she's like oh she'll eat when she wants to like and it was just yeah. like come on like i was like kind of putting it on my dad admitted i'd be like please i can't handle this please make sure she eats like i don't care if you have to sit on the floor with her please make sure she eats and i'd text her be like is she okay like i was dreading her passing but it has been so much easier i have to say because i just i don't know i remember her fondly i know she's at peace now i feel i again i know she's a dog but even i'm gonna you know put him i'm calling him out here but tom was at my house and he was like i feel her like, yeah. you just feel their their spirit. I really yeah. do. And I felt the same way with Callie. And I really believe Callie was the biggest bully to Abby. And typical bully, like, she was, she would, you know, push Abby around. But then when another dog would come over, like, she, she loved people and everything. But a bigger dog would come over. She'd go on her back and, like, put her yeah. tail between her. Like, she was yeah. such a, but I just, I just, I really believe that, you know, they're sleeping in the same bed again. Let's say they had a puppy bed and Callie's probably sitting on Abby. Yeah. So I don't You're know if touch- she's fully at peace. But, you know. <laughs> You're touching but on something that's interesting, other. though. Yes, of course. And they had such a loving family, too. Yes, thank you. There, You're touching on something that the last thing I want to touch on for this category of loss, um, loss of someone or something or, you know, by, by death. I find that there's two different ways, and there's definitely more than two, but main ways that people experience it. People like if it's sudden and maybe if it's not even sudden, but people, you, you, it's like, oh my gosh, can't believe this happened. Disbelief. Wow. Right. And then there's the, the, the comforting piece that, oh, they're there. If you believe in heaven, if you believe in an afterlife, they're no longer suffering because they were this, that, the other thing. And it sounds like at least with your experience with Abby, your dog, it was, it's, I'm glad she's no longer suffering because she wasn't eating. She wasn't drinking. She wasn't, right. she wasn't the Abby that you knew. Right. And she was a very long, like her, she declined. That was not quick. You know, she was, she, she was never like, she wasn't, when I say suffering, like the last couple days, yes. But Callie died very quickly because she, Mm -hmm. she had diabetes, which they say like, you can have like for dogs, that's like six to two years, you know, when they're diagnosed with that. But she declined overnight really like she was good one day and then i came home from school junior year and she was like ready she actually died on her birthday which is kind of morbid but yeah she was 11 so she was a lot younger yeah but i wanted to mention those two ways because i i just feel like some people say that right like if if someone has been you know say a a battle with cancer which my grandmother that's how she passed away she was battling cancer my first grandmother too yeah and it was a progression of of 
her in the hospital and then moving her to hospice and then her passing. But it's, you know, it, it was sad, but I think part of me was like, I'm glad she's not, it was, it was comforting to know, at least I believe that she was no longer suffering and in a, in a better place. Exactly. Moving on to the third and final category that I was thinking of, and I want to use the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Prince Harry and, and Meghan, I've heard of As them. a case kind of study for this is losing a community. So mm. my kind of example of that is is graduating, which is not a bad thing. Let me just say that first and foremost. But once I graduated, and I said this in the first few episodes of this show, I felt like I lost the Loyola community. Even though Loyola alumni is really great and Loyola does a good job of bringing people back to campus and I've been back multiple times since I was going to say, they did a great comical. job bringing you back. <laughs> My mom actually said this year, she goes, how does it feel to be graduating from Loyola? <laughs> because <laughs> there's a few things that are happening where I won't be going as much next year. But the last two years, I've gone back so much that it doesn't even feel like I've... It did at one point. But I just wanted to mention like losing a community. And I bring up... Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan, because for those of you who know, for those of you who don't know, they decided that they were going to leave the UK and remove themselves from the royal institution, the royal, the royal family and the monarchy, that institution that exists in the UK. And they initially moved to Canada, but then are now living in the United States in California. But they lost, they lost a dream. They lost, you know, well, Prince Harry recently lost someone by death. And, and his whole narrative, a lot of it is wrapped around his mother's death. He lost exactly. her at a super and young Princess age. Princess Diana. Yeah. So lost a, someone by death and now have lost a community because they have just been so public about pushing against British media and just the royal family as an institution. Not that he disrespects his family. It's just, I think, the, his take on the royal family's politics within a family. And every, every family has politics, just theirs is in the spotlight, right? Because they're the British royal family. Yeah. So he recently released a book called Spare. For those of you who don't know, there's a joke that's the oldest sibling in the royal family is is considered the heir to the throne and any any sibling after that is the spare right that's they're just they a safety cushion and <laughs> even though you're the in oldest the firstborn no yeah, that's why i said the, the heir oh you're the heir oh yeah <laughs> we're the we're the heirs in our family i don't know we are <laughs> back Ryan, to the Ashley siblings and jordan are now the spares um exactly. <laughs> but yeah I, I don't know how much you know about this situation but i just i wanted to talk about them because they not only lost, but they were forced out, right? And and that happens too. Like graduating, I knew that was coming. But sometimes you lose a community because you're laid off or, I don't know, I'm thinking job things. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a good example. Um, of losing a community. But what are your thoughts on their situation and just what you've learned about this and losing a community? I really only have like one thing to say about them. Sure. Because... I hear a lot of people being like, oh, well, for some, and I said this very recently. Oh, for someone that, I love how my voice changed from being mocking to when I said I said this and now I'm when saying it come. When I said this, oh. Yeah. No. you mocking um, me now? Yeah, no. Um, I said, like, well, you know, for somebody that's trying to get out of the spotlight, like, they sure have a lot of Netflix deals, you know, like, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But, but, this is what I'm thinking now. For somebody, like, he 
has and had money, and he had fame. His family trauma is now on full display. Like, what does he gain from this? He already had all those things that a Netflix deal would have get, gotten him besides reclaiming his own narrative. Yeah. I don't think he, if he were to sit back and he and Megan were to disappear from the media, their story is still going to be told, mm-hmm. most likely. But is it actually, he's, what he's saying is that's not really their story. So he's reclaiming their narrative. I don't know if, like, I don't know them well enough. I don't know the politics behind it. I don't, to be honest, I don't know what the royal family does. <laughs> and I don't think many people do. But I think he's reclaiming his narrative. I And, I, and I've and i changed my opinion on on him. Yeah. Not that I ever disliked him. I, I always, I know he is very much into mental health and whether or not this is actually true or not. I know his brother is also has done some mental health awareness himself, but then, you know, I don't know how much of that is, you know, authentic or not. True. I don't think he's trying to stir up drama for his family. I do think, Who? yeah, that's what he, Harry. No, Harry. I agree. I think he's trying to set the record straight. Yeah. Loss of your own narrative, loss of your mm. own story or the ability to tell your own story mm. because media outlets, tabloids are trying to, you know, profit off of, what they have to say about your life or what they can kind of fabricate or take this quote and mislead other people. And yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to bring them up because that's been a big story lately. And if you look at some of their interviews, if you watch the show on Netflix, there's a Stephen Colbert interview that Prince Harry had when he was done his book tour. It's like the extended interview on YouTube or something. They have a really interesting conversation because, and you can hear it. He doesn't say this explicitly, but Stephen Colbert lost his dad and some siblings, some brothers in a plane crash when he was younger, when he was 10 years old. And so you can just hear two people who lost a parent and lost family members talking about that and, and, and other things linked to what we were talking about in terms of, you know, Megan and Harry having to leave the UK and trying to avoid the press and things like that. But anyway, I want to talk about that. Speaking of loss, Point of Due, I don't know if anybody knew this, was nominated for a Grammy. Two, actually. No, I'm kidding. We weren't nominated for a Grammy, but Justin and I, I'm a Lady Gaga fan. He's a One Republic fan. And Ryan Tedder and Lady Gaga both worked on the score for Top Gun Maverick. And instead of winning, we lost, I say we, um, we lost to Encanto. (laughs) And Lady Gaga, who wrote Hold My Hand for the soundtrack, in the best song for visual media, lost to "We Don't Talk About Bruno." So you're damn right we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk I about was, Bruno. I was I was pro Bruno, you know. After that movie, he can go back <laughs> in the walls where he belongs. <laughs> I was like, the second movie, if they ever make one, needs to just be about him in therapy. But you know what? Screw that. Bruno in therapy. I would love yeah. that, even if it's a Disney short. I know. <laughs> Screw that. Give us back our Grammy, and then Give we'll us talk. Back our Grammy. <laughs> Anyway, Nick, thanks for indulging me in this conversation. I, I mean, I, I I thought it was a good one. I really do think it was a good one. I, I don't it. think grief and loss is talked about enough. Uh, not not that it need we you know we need to shine a spotlight on it, but I think informing people that grief there's no right way to grieve and no wrong way to grieve 
is really important. And so I don't know, just talking about it, talking about the different categories I felt was, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you for indulging me and in talking about loss. <laughs> Well, thank you. I honestly, it was cathartic and I loved that at no point did it feel, to be honest, I mean, there were some serious topics, but it didn't feel super heavy to me. I felt like yeah. it was either cathartic or positive Yeah. at all times. Not that, you know, you can't feel grief and sadness, but I just, this was an interesting um, angle to come at this from. So anyway, uh, also within the Grammys, Viola Davis became an EGOT, which is cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was cool. I saw that. That's really all I know. And Beyonce. Think, and Beyonce, yes. She didn't get EGOT status, but she um, now holds the records for most Grammys won. And I believe, what is it, 32? You're asking me like I know. A number of I'm Grammys embarrassed that, that I don't know. Most Grammys won? 32. Yeah, 32. Oh. Bow, 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 bow. You know. Don't doubt I was yourself. Gonna say, well, no, I was going to say, I want to cut me saying I don't know, but I was like, no, I can't claim to be an expert and then pretend that I'm an Then I'd feel false. Yeah. <laughs> a fraud, if you will. But a no, fraud. I, fraudulent. I, there we go. Yes. She won. She won her 32nd Grammy, making her the most decorated artist in Grammy history. Very exciting. Yes. And Viola Davis became the third person of color, I believe, to be an EGOT. We love that. We love EGOT. That's like a very, very EGOT status yeah. in general. And for those who don't a... know, it stands for Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Yes. And it's a very, very exclusive elite group of people. Like this is, does not happen often. Yeah. So Absolutely. That's awesome. Do you know another one? Can you name another one? Ask me in 20 years and we'll have Lady Gaga be up <laughs> there. Because she has. John Legend is the only other one that I, I can think oh, of. Oh, right does he already have one? He does. He's or have that status. What yeah. does she have? Well, she has the Grammys and she has the Oscars. She needs a Tony. She already does has she a Tony. Tony does she have an Emmy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> does she have um, an Emmy no. for American Horror Story? No. Oh, okay. She won the. Say. She won a Golden Globe. For okay, American so Horror she has Story. the. G Oh, I guess she doesn't. That's have Grammy. It golden. No, she does have the G. It's the Grammy, but the Golden it's Globe the doesn't, Grammy, doesn't factor doesn't have... into EGOT status. Yeah. It's like the VMAs of e of Egot would yeah. be it's, Grammy it's the v Globe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank anyway. you all for listening. It was this, Nick such an enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, my name is Justin Dew, and I'm Nick Gervasi. And you can reach us at our email pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com or by sending us a voice message on our website anchor.fm forward slash pointofdew. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Point of Dew Podcast and Twitter at Point of Dew. If you enjoy our show, give us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast or share us with a friend or family member. We'd really appreciate it and are always grateful for your support. We hope you have a wonderful two weeks. Thank you for listening. And until next time, let's see if we get the Super Bowl halftime show right. And as some of Prince Harry's friends affectionately call him, H. 